Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighters Fury inside the heart of a champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790 The Ticket. And good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. It's open here with you as we will dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing over the next hour. Crazy night last night. That was bananas. UFC fight night, Mexico City. Yair Rodriguez, Jeremy Stevens. No contest. 15 seconds in. Accidental eye poke. Got the old swipey swipe from uh, from Yair Rodriguez. I was excited for this fight, man, because you have Yair Rodriguez, who, you know, going a couple years back, was looked upon as maybe the most exciting prospect in all of mixed martial arts. Uh, took the beating that he did from Frankie Edwards. Um, you know, took a lot of time off. Then had that that classic with Korean Zombie where he had the up elbow. One of the greatest knockouts you'll ever see. So, I was excited to watch this one. Jeremy Stevens obviously always brings it with the entertainment factor. He is uh, unbelievably powerful, huge, huge power puncher, and doesn't give a bleep. Like, we'll throw caution to the wind. Sometimes it, it works out for him, and sometimes it doesn't. So this seemed like a match made in heaven of a car that wasn't getting a lot of publicity, but it was a fun, fun night of fights. And unfortunately, Yair Rodriguez, early on in the exchange, hits him with a front kick. That was kind of the only real contact we got because then – Give him the old bear claw paw, and you know Jeremy Stevens can't open his eye, so he goes up against the cage. You're like, all right, is he going to be able to to shake this one off? Let's let's see what goes out. And I will tell you, uh, Herb Dean, who gets a lot a lot of criticism, a lot of criticism. You know, sometimes it's too late, sometimes it's too early. You know, Herb doesn't really get the the praise when he does a good job, and I thought that he did a really good job in this situation because. He did everything that he could to make this fight continue. You know, he was trying to get Jeremy Stevens all the time that he needed. He was trying, you know, to keep the doctors out or telling the doctors, don't check it until let's see if he opens it first, then check it and stop it. Um, you know, that negotiation didn't go great because the doctor's like, well, what are you talking about? If the, if the eye doesn't work, i got to look at the eye. And so he's even telling the doctor, no, 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 just let's see if the eye opens up. You know, sometimes if it's spasming, it'll stop. And... It even got to the point where they allowed the the doctor to bring in like a cold wet towel to see if that would like ease it up a little bit. You you usually usually this never happens. Normally, you know, if an eye is messed up, an eye is messed up. If the guy can't continue, the guy can't see. They normally just they they cut it they cut it loose. But I I don't know if they had a pulse of what the atmosphere was like. You know, it was in Mexico City. Uh, they're there to see Yair Rodriguez. He is he's the hometown guy, and you want to see him fight. You know, they're there to see a fight. And the fact that that was that was going to be taken away was probably going to have a bad reaction, which it did. Eventually, the five minutes ran up, couldn't open his eye, nothing nothing better to be done, and they have to call it. They have to call it, and they call it a no contest. Yair Rodriguez is freaking out, just freaking out. I, didn't, I haven't seen what his, uh, his post-fight comments were other than what he said to Bisbing. Uh, I know that he said that, you know, you know, if the UFC well leave it up to the UFC on what they want to do, they have to run it back. Like you have to, a fight if a fight ends in fifteen seconds because of an accident, how the next option isn't oh, we immediately just have to fight is beyond me. Like as soon as Jeremy Stevens' eye is healed, 
put it on one of the pay- it's, it's a pay-per-view worthy fight so put it on one of the pay-per-view cards whatever um make it headline another fight night it's 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 definitely good enough to be part of any's entertainment so it was a huge bummer the thing that's going to happen is a lot of people are going to crush the crowd for their reaction obviously not a great reaction they're throwing garbage into the uh, into the octagon they're throwing debris into the octagon at jeremy stevens people are thinking jeremy stevens is soft mind you this is a fight after um you saw one of the toughest displays of your life by carla esparza who looked like she literally got her arm broken it was bent in another direction by alexa grasso and so you 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 put those parallels up against each other i don't think the crowd's gonna have a lot of sympathy for jeremy stevens getting his eye poked even though you don't mess with your eyesight like it's if what is he supposed to do is jeremy stevens supposed to go out there with an ipod uh, an eye patch for the rest of the the uh the bout and get head kicked to death like is that is that what he's supposed to do i I mean it would be the valiant warrior thing to do is he supposed to be like tyson fury and fight with a huge gash over his head suppose but like you know jeremy stevens contract is what it is jeremy stevens doesn't have the riches of a deontay wilder fight heading down the line you know And they were making this point, like Jeremy Stevens, I mean, he left his family to go live in Mexico for six weeks to get used to the elevation. This is not a man who's going to bow out as soon as he can. This is not a guy who's trying to protect anything. Um, Jeremy Stevens has been in the game forever. So you think that the first first sign that he could get out, he's going to try and get out? I can't open his eye. 15 seconds into a fight, what is he supposed to do? So it's a huge bummer. It's left with an empty taste. I'm not saying that the fans shouldn't be disappointed. Disappointed is certainly a, a reasonable thing to to react to. Um, I don't think that the reaction was surprised. That was a very that was a very passionate crowd all night. They were getting behind. They were getting behind their fighters, and you know when 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 their star isn't able to fight, some garbage is going to get thrown. That's 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 kind of just collateral damage. Now I don't. I wish that garbage was not thrown at jeremy stevens on the way out of the arena that's kind of horrible but um not surprising not surprising i mean we've been to these 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 types of events where things have gotten out of hand and that's just you know we're talking you know small regional events down here in miami where you know guys friends and families are there and they'll start bleep if something doesn't go the way they think it should go so it's a huge disappointment by but that it comes to that ending but yeah the only reaction is to run that back that's the only right thing to do um you know especially yeah year like yeah year you poked him in the eye like i don't want to even get to the get to the uh the possibility of you saying oh i i don't want to run it back it's your fault to fight into that way you you you're the one who scratched him it's not his fault that he can't see it's your fault that he can't see so it's the only it's the only logical reaction is to go out there and make that fight again uh as i was saying uh carlos barza she got the win over Alexa Grasso. Controversial decision, I would say. Um, I think it certainly could have been made a point that Alexa got a 10-8 round the last round. So at, at at worst, I thought it should have been a draw. Um, and and I thought Alexa had, had an argument to win that fight too. Y- you can't do anything but but marvel at how good that fight was between those those, those two women. They were spectacular. I don't understand how Carlos Spars is walking around uh, walking around today with an arm that works because that. As soon as we saw that armbar get locked in, I was like, "Oh, she's she's done, done." It was not quite as bad as Ronda Rousey Misha Tate the, when 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 Ronda just straight up broke Misha's arm in half, but it was getting there. 
it was getting there, and, and, and I don't know how Carla was able to do that. That that was that was a marvel. It really, really was. So that was crazy. And then I think the other big thing that, that stood out on this night was just the monster knockout by Steve Peterson on Martin Bravo. Ojo with the with the with the counter spinning back fist knocked him dead. It was sensational. And if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Jesus Ramos later on PBC on Fox, I think it would have been bar none knockout of the night. I still think it's knockout of the night because a spinning elbow, a spinning back fist is just cool. I because I never think it's gonna work. I never think those things are gonna work. I never think tricks are gonna work like that. And this isn't like the dumb Leroy Hart argument where he's like, oh. Head kicks never work. You should never get kicked in the head. You know, he he tries and throws that hocus pocus argument on me all the time, which is just dopey. But I but the you know, like the the showtime cage kick or you know, just any kind of trickeration like that. I never think that stuff's gonna work. Spinning elbow even I can see the spinning elbow work because it it's shorter, it's a shorter distance, it goes a little faster. Spinning back fist, what? And he nailed it, and he and and it was so sensational. Martin Bravo went down in a heap, so much so that even you know Herb couldn't even get there fast enough. He got one more shot right on his face. Um, fun card, man. Fun card on 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 uh, on ESPN Plus yesterday. Boxing was fun yesterday, as I was mentioning. Jesus Ramos had himself a sensational knockout yesterday. It really, really was over Ricky Edwards, and Ricky Edwards was. He, 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 you know, I was talk, texting back and forth with Slim last night, uh, my former counterpart on the morning show. And, you know, Slim's been really into fights lately, so he's kind of like my little fight buddy. We text all, we text whenever fights are going on. And this boy, Ricky Edwards, because he gets hit with a shot and he gives him the old head shake, didn't bother me, didn't bother me. And Ramos just follows us up with this, this monster left hand that just puts. It puts Ricky Edwards out of his body. It really does. Like it was a, it, you ever see like the the uh, the memes of uh, Dominic Brazil where he gets hit by Deontay Wilder and his soul leaves him, or when uh, Jorge Masvidal hits Ben Askren with the flying knee and his soul leaves him. This was a soul leaving hit. This was this was that kind of a power shot. Face plants hit uh, Ricky Edwards, ass up in the air. Uh, he's like he's convulsing on the ground. It was it was. It was an awesome shot by by Jesus Ramos, but also very scary on what happened to Ricky Edwards. But uh, certainly knock of the night. The other one we had uh, Peter Quillen against uh, Alfredo Angulo last night. The main event, really really entertaining fight. Oh my god, these guys went toe to toe, Angulo got the best of it, which you know is <laughs> it's an upset. Like Peter Quillen is you know a guy where people were thinking this guy was going to be one of the futures of boxing. Inactivity was uh, was a bit of a problem, but you know Angulo is kind of like your your staple tough guy, journeyman, always going to bring an entertaining fight, which he did in this regard. So to see him get a win was nice. It really was on a big stage like that. And uh, that was your night of fights, man. That was that was the uh, the full recap of what kind of went down yesterday. When we come back, oh, there was also some ho- some weirdo bare knuckle promotion that was apparently started by Ken Shamrock. I was unaware of. I did see one dude get knocked dead on that. Um, I didn't even know it was a thing. Like, you know, these bare knuckle events, they're becoming more popular and um I get it, but no like the BKA the B- bare knuckle fighting championships, the BKFC, they're seemingly the only ones who do a good job of grasping this uh of marketing cuz I didn't even know this was a thing. And and I follow fighting. So it was weird that uh the Ken Shamrock and LeVar Johnson was on the car last night. He knocked out a dude in like 10 seconds. Um uh, 
to me that was uh, that was strange, but it wasn't like in a ring. It looked like it was on kind of like a platform thing, um, but didn't really get a whole, whole. I only saw a couple highlights on Twitter. I didn't get the full recap of it. Not that I would have watched it if I knew it was there anyway. You know, you put Ken Shamrock and uh, and bare knuckle fighting. I'm just like, you know what? Ever since Ken, uh, Ken Shamrock versus Kimbo, I think I've had my Ken Shamrock fill. I think I have. So when we come back, we'll get into some of the news and notes of the week. We've got a big fight coming up next week. Errol Spence, Sean Porter Jr. We'll be back with more on Fighters Fury after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Ah, Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. If you guys want to watch some football with me, I'm going to be over at Sports Grill Kendall today. 1 o'clock. Watch the 1 o'clock slate of games. Dolphins, Cowboys will be going on at that time. We're giving away a big-ass TV. Got that prize wheel. I'm trying to get Robbie the Degenerate on the prize wheel. I don't know who I got to talk to about that, but I'd like a, I'd like, a, I'd like Robbie's face if that would be possible. Jennifer, are you in, in charge of the, the prize wheel? Actually, I just wanted to say it's going to be – a Planko board, and I did put a Robbie's face on it. Yes. I heard your wishes, and I had to grind it for you. Wow. <laughs> nobody ever, you know, you know what that means to me? Because nobody ever does what I ask around here, and they seem like the simplest of requests. To feel like I'm heard, you don't know what that means to me. That just made my Sunday. <laughs> Thank you. Robbie the Degenerate on the Plinko. We have a Plinko board? That's a thing? Yeah, so it's now going to be a new thing because we can't really find the, pri- the wheel. Mm. But I've been there. But I... I made it work for us. All right. All right. All right. So bring in the prize Plinko board. Let's see. <laughs> the debut with Robbie's face on it. How about that, everybody? <laughs> so Sports Grill and Kendall, that's going to be later on today, 1 o'clock. If you guys are going to watch some football, uh, we'll have some fun. We'll have some fun. We'll down some wings. We'll uh, laugh at the Dolphins probably. And laugh about Antonio Brown because I don't know if you guys are seeing what he's doing on Twitter right now, but my God. This isn't Fighters Fury. This isn't combat sports, but this is a, this is certainly a fight with his thumbs. I'll just give you a quick quick preview before I get back into the fights, because I know that's what we're here for. Because this is just, whew, it's unbelievable. So he puts out this tweet where he says, "We'll not be playing in the NFL anymore. These owners can cancel these deals, do whatever they want anytime. We will see if the Players Association holds them accountable." Uh, said they could void guarantees anytime going on 40 million, two months. We'll see if they pay up. Then he tweets out Kraft got caught in a parlor. AB speculations fired different strokes, different folks. Clearly. Then he puts out Shannon Sharp, the funny guy on TV still after this puts a story where it links Shannon Sharp to losing his CBS game because of sexual uh, assault allegations. Does the same thing with Big Ben saying that he only got four games for his uh, incident. And, uh, yeah, that's what's ba- that's, a, that's just a preview of what's going down with Antonio Brown right now on Twitter. He, is, uh, he has brought his thumbs and a sniper to try and take out everybody in, uh, in the starts. As he is unemployed this, uh, this Sunday, so he really has nothing better to do. I thought he was on vacation. It seemed like he was having a fun time on his Instagram, but apparently he wants to just hose down everyone. And if it includes Robert Kraft and... Happy ending massage parlor jokes. I'm all here for it. I got to be honest with you. Makes a good point. That Robert Kraft thing kind of just went, <laughs> just brushed aside. So we'll see. I think Schefter just put out too that he says that if, if that Robert Kraft is not writing him a check, he doesn't care what the uh, the 
ruling of that grievances. Now, I don't think that's how grievances work. I feel like if a grievance rules against you, you are supposed to write that check. But, you know, I guess Robert Kraft is saying, yeah, see you in court then. We'll see. We'll see how that goes for you. Whew. Anyway, let's get back to the fights from last night. Or let's get back to the fight news from this week. By the way, Jorge Masvidal showed up to uh, to the Mexico City card dressed in uh, sombrero, uh, poncho, had the bullets across. He was looking like uh, he was looking like a bad hombre, man. He looked like he was uh, he was ready to go out there and and uh, and and, uh, and kick some serious ass. He apparently did media yesterday. Only did it in Spanish, um, which is cool of him. He kind of uh, apparently it was a it was a huge rant, but we haven't gotten the uh, I haven't gotten the translation of it yet, and I haven't been able to uh, get the video to have my wife translate for me. Um, so I can only speculate what was said, but I'm sure it was marvelous. I don't know if you guys saw the press conference this week of Masvidal and Nate Diaz in New York. Now, a lot of people said it was a dud, uh, that it wasn't great. And I, I wasn't surprised that this press conference wasn't great. I wasn't surprised that the Masvidal Nate Diaz press conference wasn't like the best press conference you ever see one. Um, there's a weird vibe between the two of them that, they have both been on this crusade against bleep talking and against phony guys who say a lot and get the headlines. It's a weird place to be in to where then you're supposed to hype up a fight by talking a lot of crap because their best material is against kind of all the other antagonists. So when you're in this position of everybody kind of loves you, we just love you, you're two badasses, where do you go from there? You know what I mean? Uh, plus, the media that was there, was it was like goofy media. The only journalist I recognized was Ariel Helwani, uh, who joined us on Friday. And, yeah, he said it was a little bit wacky. And, you know, that both of the, he called it both of these guys are counterpunchers. I don't know what the hell that means. Like, there's a strategy in the press conferences. I think that's a, you know, a, a, a weird way of Helwani trying to say stuff. I, I don't know. He also came on to the, uh, the show and, for whatever reason, felt the need to take stupid shots at Miami's uh, attendance jokes. I'm like, Ariel, what do you you really have some bad blood beef with uh, with Miami? You're a, a, a Bills and an Expos fan. Like Loria left, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but I do appreciate him joining the show um, and, and getting the insight from him. It was just it was just it was a strange atmosphere um, because yeah, I don't think you guys got the money. I don't think anybody got the money McGregor soundbite that you're waiting for. I don't know if it needs it. You know, quite frankly. What I do think is is cool is he did come out dressed like Tony Montana. He had the uh, the the white suit, the red the red uh, lining or, or shirts that go with it. So he looked absolutely awesome. And you know, one one point that I did agree with with Helwani because I brought up to him like this whole rise of Jorge Masvidal has been fascinating, and, and not just that it's taken him this long to be this popular, but. What I have found fascinating is going into this fight with Nate Diaz, he's become a he's become like a media darling, you know? And I don't know if anybody ever realized this about him. And, you know, when when I went down to uh ATD at a media day held by the UFC a couple of weeks ago and you know, he did a, a scrum with reporters and I asked him about the idea of isn't it isn't it like how weird is it that we're in the spot where the fans the fight they want the most is between two guys the UFC didn't really ever embrace like they've never embraced Nate Diaz they've never embraced Jorge Masvidal and now we're in this spot where the dude is a star like he he's an absolute he's an absolute star among among the fighters and the media is realizing oh my god this guy is incredible to talk to he's got a great story 
If you guys have, you know, heard any of his two interviews in studio with Lebetard, he's gone deep into where he comes from. He's gone deep into what this means for him. He's been hilarious. He's been funny. Asking about the McGregor fight. Doesn't want a murder charge on his resume. Um, that has been the great thing about it. It's not only that people are embracing him, it's that he's embracing the moment. He's embracing being a star. Um, and that is, I think, a, a little bit of a difference between him, between him and Nate Diaz is Nate is just kind of going to be Nate. He's going to be Nate Diaz, and I don't know if he's ever going to need being the media darling or showing on, up on Get Up or any of this stuff. You know, every once in a while he'll do Conan, he'll do Extra and all that stuff after the McGregor fights. That all went down, but um, George has taken this, this, uh, this tactic where – it's it's not only that he's got this big fight in front of him, but he's got this opportunity of of fame, and he's knocking it out of the park, man. Like some people, they get thrown into the spotlight, and you know they could just feel like they they don't have that that star quality to him. He does, he does, and he's never been a guy who's loved doing the media and loved doing you know tours and whatnot or or scrums and whatnot, but. Man, when it comes down to getting the big spotlight on you, he is he has knocked that stuff out of the park. And, you know, in a weird way, you know, nobody ever wants to hear it when it comes to the the the, the superstars. That stuff matters. It does. It gets it, it, it gets people behind you in a strange way. People appreciate you more. People get to know you more. People feel like they have an attachment to you even more so. And I don't think whatever the res- whatever the results are of of November second when him and Nate get in that cage, um, I do think that there's going to be a-, a love that just wasn't I- that's not going to leave Jorge Masvidal that um, that wasn't there before. I think people are going to appreciate being in in that uh, it- it- getting a- getting to see this side of him, no matter what, no matter what the case is. Now, I will say. Um, as far as this fight's concerned, I do think that if you want to talk about pressure, I do think if anybody's going to have more pressure on him in this fight, um, I think George does have more pressure on him because Nate's this isn't going to be the biggest fight of Nate's career. You know, the biggest fight of Nate's career was the McGregor fight. That's and and there's no shame in that. Like McGregor is a, is is a is an asteroid. He's He's a meteor. He's a once. He's a he's a once in a sport kind of star. He's a monster. This is going to be huge. I think this is going to be an absolute slam dunk pay per view, but it's not the biggest. And so, this isn't the biggest stage that Nate has been on. And so, I think it's going to be interesting seeing what the fallout will be if George doesn't win the fight. Because if if he goes out there and he wins, I think sky's the limit. I think it's like, phew. I think you, I think the rocket is to his back, even at 34, 35 years old. And you're talking about whatever he wants, you know, title fights, McGregor, uh, Habib, whoever the hell he wants to fight. I think the UFC will go to the table and, and give George what he wants. And you know, that, uh, that to me is because it's not only going to be that, you have a guy who's now beating the stars, but he's also very popular in the media. If he doesn't, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be wiped off the planet. I think people are going to have this attachment to him and tune into him whenever you want, but you're not going to have the argument for having the biggest fights. So that's why I just think there's a little bit more pressure when it comes to who who has more on the line when it comes to the bad mother bleeper title. I think it's I think it's Jorge Masvidal, no doubt. I th- and, and it's good. It's good that it is because I think there's – 
I think there's I think there's treasure on the other side of this fight for him. Um, you know, with Nate, it's it's interesting because I feel like Nate, you know, the biggest fight's always going to be the trilogy with Connor. Um, and that's kind of it. Like he's already shown you that that world titles to him don't mean a whole hell of a lot. I think to George they still I think it still means something to even with him getting this bad mother bleeper title worth 50 grand and having the rock wrap it around your waist I still think it's going to mean something for him that at the culmination of a of a of a near two decade career in fighting that you're the UFC champion um and Nate just doesn't march to that drum I just don't think that he does and there's nothing wrong with either guy feeling a certain way it's just getting the pulse of those two guys that just seems that's what it is but I'm excited about it either way it's 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 uh it's one that is going to be unbelievable. It's going to be so much fun, and I can't wait for it. Uh, a couple other UFC notes, and then next time we're going to get into uh, the big boxing match coming up next week, Sean Porter and Errol Spence from Los Angeles. So uh, Dana White did tell TMZ that The Rock is going to be present for this fight and that he is replacing Dana White in the octagon to present the winner with the bad mother bleeper belt. It is also worth fifty grand in estimation of the UFC president. So that's huge. Rashad Evans, who uh, lives down here, uh, just one of the great dudes in the sport, Rashad Evans. Um, but you know that that career has fallen on hard times, man. Like he has been taking some real whoopings uh, in the in the finish of his career. He has been granted his UFC release, and his manager Ali Abdel Aziz is saying that uh, they are considering an MMA return, and that they are going to try and do other promotions. That they I guess spoke with the UFC and that they weren't into kind of like a, a Rashad versus some other older fighter. Um, that's not the UFC's deal. So I would imagine you're going to see Rashad Evans most likely in Bellator. Let's be honest. That's kind of uh, – that's that's almost like the um, – not the senior tour, but what do they call it in, in golf? The Legends Tour or something like that. Leroy knows. I, I, I don't know what the hell they call that, where all the, uh, the greats go. Um, that'd be cool. I, I would like to see Rashad against some of the Legends – um, I don't like seeing him go off the air against the Lions like Anthony Smith and a Vulcan Uzdemir or any of these dudes at 205 that will, you know, they're just at a different part of their career. They're at a different speed right now, but um, he is a legend. There's no doubt about that. Uh, there is, uh, this was a little interesting piece of information. So we, uh, as speaking of that media day that we we're at recently, um, one of the guys we got to speak to was Colby Covington. We brought you guys that interview a few weeks ago. And one of the questions I asked him was, just you know, just about the uh, the pride that he has of of you know being not only at American Top Team, but he's represented by Dan Lambert, and and what the Kamara Usman fight and that win would mean to him, you know. And I thought that we got to see a little bit of a different side than uh, than we usually do of Colby. He was very thoughtful, but um, interesting news this week that we found out that Colby hasn't divorced himself from Dan Lambert, but I guess is going with uh, with another management group to help him with other stuff. Um, so uh, I think it's called Belangi, I think is what it is. They rep like Tony Ferguson and Curtis Blades. I think Yoan is represented by them, I think I read. Uh, I don't know much about them. I haven't heard them, so excuse my ignorance on that. But I found that a little bit interesting because he seemed super genuine about um, all of that stuff. There was some rumblings, I think some some hubbub from him that – he was considering leaving ATT. Uh, that seems to have been put to bed, but still interesting because of all the beef that's gone on between him and George and him and Dustin and all that stuff. So I guess keep an eye out for that. If any, if there's any drama that that unfolds in the uh, in the coming 
coming days from that. But, um, yeah, that's some news that went out there this week. So when we come back, huge, uh, huge boxing match coming up next week. We have Errol Spence taking on Sean Porter, unifying two pieces of the welterweight division, two welterweight titles on the line. We'll get to that on the other side. Fudge's Fury back after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Uh, welcome back, everybody. It's open it with you. Fighters Fury rolls on this Sunday morning. Again, I will let you guys know if you guys want to watch some football with me. I will be out at Sports Grill in Kendall today starting at 1 o'clock. Stick around for the Dolphins against the Cowboys. I just saw the Dolphins will be wearing their teal jerseys as the Rosen one gets to finally start a football game for the Miami Dolphins. So there is some intrigue with this, not just a, a, a bum-ass football game because what you've watched the first two weeks has been the worst football of your life. But all with a mission in hand. So this is different. Now, I just saw this video. I, I just retweeted this, and I don't mean to laugh. Because I'm sure this was very scary in the moment. But Brendan Fitzgerald, who is one of the UFC commentators, who I think does a really good job. You know, the I will say this about the UFC. When, when they lost uh, Mike Goldberg, everybody thought, oh, that's it for the UFC. Um, I, thought, I think that all of their dudes who do their broadcasting are fantastic. I think that John Anik does a good job. I think Fitzgerald does a good job. Um, that British dude, I don't know his name. He does a good job, but he's British. I mean, I, I do think this. There's a little bit of this with with British broadcasters. I don't mean to be prejudiced. You kind you kind of were bored on third base as far as a broadcaster is concerned. It's just the facts. If you are British and you wanted to get into broadcasting, especially in American sport, you're born on third base. You already have an advantage because you sound you sound exotic. You sound elegant. You sound classy. Just your voice, and so I think that's not fair. Just saying. But there is, uh, there's this video of Brendan Fitzgerald uh, from Michael Bisbing's Instagram. He's filming during the, uh, during the melee after Jeremy Stevens gets uh, you know, pulled out. Gets, the, the fight gets scrapped, and it's a no contest. The, the fans in Mexico go crazy. They, they're throwing stuff. They're throwing garbage. They're throwing bottles of Modelo at them. And it's, such a, it, it's, it's so embarrassing that Michael Bisbing puts this out because I'm sure this was super scary in the moment. But you have Brendan Fitzgerald, who has his back to the octagon, but he's under the table with his headset on, reporting on it, and uh, and so. My, but Michael Bisping's not; he's not under the table. He's completely just filming it all that's going on. So, I'm, it's just, it's just, it looks so silly. But I'm sure it was such a scary thing at the time. Uh, I just retweeted it, at Brendan underscore Tobit if you guys want to check that out. But it was uh, that was a crazy ending to things last night. Now couple things man we got uh we got some boxing coming up next week very exciting errol spence sean porter jr uh this is for the ibf sean porter's or uh excuse me this is for sean porter this is for sean porter's 
WBC welterweight title and for Errol Spence's IBF welterweight title. Um, last time we saw Errol Spence in the ring, he was shutting out Mikey Garcia, who was coming up two weight classes to fight him. Um, Sean Porter, also just an outstanding fighter and is coming into this thing with kind of an idea to, to really upset the Avocard. Like, everybody is going into this and thinking that, you know, we get past this. For Errol Spence, it's probably going to be Manny Pacquiao next. Uh, Keith Thurman, we just found out this week, he is done for the rest of 2020. So there's that. Um, but for this fight, you wonder how does Sean Porter go and get the best of Errol Spence? There's a big difference, though, with what Porter is bringing to the table than what Mikey Garcia was going to bring to the table. Now, I got to see Errol Spence versus Mikey Garcia live. I was in, I was there for Radio Row. We were doing that for for Fox Pay Per View, and great seats for it too. It was the probably the best seats I've had going out for those pay per views to that thing. Um, we were at we were at Jerry's World, so I was probably on the floor uh, ringside, probably ten rows back. You know, so really really great seats, and I was marveling at what I saw Errol Spence do to Mikey Garcia, who I think is one of the crispest boxers on the planet. I mean, there's it's hard to find a flaw in what Mikey Garcia brings to the table. He's just really good at everything. He's just so solid. But, I mean, he got schooled in this fight. He got And, that, and I think that is the thing that everybody came out of this like, whoa, this Errol Spence is a different gear. He's got, he's got a different he's – he's still got a different level to go. You're talking about a guy – who's 29 years old, still has a lot of boxing in front of him, and it was a really, really good business spy for him, too. People were into watching this fight. Um, I, I And so I wonder, are we seeing with Errol Spence the rise of somebody who is going to be a monster, monster star in boxing? You know, mind you, it took Floyd Mayweather a long time before he was Floyd Mayweather. Um, not, not from a talent standpoint, but from a box office standpoint. And Errol Spence doing what he did. I mean, he's, he was, you know, that's that's his first time really headlining something and having people have to fork over money to watch him. Um, and it did it did really, really good numbers against uh, for, for those two. So I'm curious to see what this will become because, you know, Fox has now done a couple pay-per-views. They're dipping their toe in the water. Uh, they're more used to it now. But it's uh, the, the bigger thing about this is we're looking at a fight between two guys. It's a little bit different because you have Errol Spence, I think everybody thinks is going to wipe the floor with Sean Porter. And I think odds-wise right now, looking at Odd Shark, Errol Spence is a minus 1,000 favorite. Sean Porter's plus 600. So nobody really thinks Sean Porter has a shot in this fight. What does Sean Porter bring to the table? You know, he's only lost twice in his career. He's lost to Kell Brook, and he's lost to Keith Thurman. And the Keith Thurman fight was a, was a rough-and-tumble fight. That's how he fights. You know, the one thing that you have to wonder going into this bout is you're coming off a fight, if you're Errol Spence, against a little guy who you kept at a distance the entire fight. It, you dictated the terms the entire way. A lot of people thought you were going to go in there, you're going to try and go for the hammer shot, knock him out. He didn't do that. I mean, he really punished him. He put him with some, some long shots, kept him at his range, Showed a showed a different side. Like a lot of people, that was the thing that I, I came away with with Errol Spence. I was just I marveled at. Oh, this guy is a different gear. This guy, this guy still has a lot of other layers that we're not seeing yet. 
And I think for the longest time going into that, as as much as these as much as these two fights have been, it's been Terrence Crawford, it's been Errol Spence. Those are your top two welterweights. But a lot of people nodded and said, Terrence Crawford's the top dog. He is the better fighter. Switch hitter, can do everything, just a little bit more well-versed, uh, fights violent, fights with bad intentions. But the one thing we have to say about it is Terrence Crawford is a little bit in no man's land right now. He is on ESPN, and he's in a weird spot where he has no opponents that anybody really cares about him fighting. It's tough. And Spence is starting to get into that craft of he's not only fighting, but people care about him fighting, and that's the show. And he's putting his he's he's also holding up some box office as well where he is being a good draw. And now we're also seeing, oh, by the way, he's also an outstanding boxer, and he has a lot of skill sets that he has yet to display to everybody. So he's going to need to bring something else this fight that we didn't see against Mikey Garcia. Though he may have the greater skill set and though he may have uh, a lot of things to his disposal, this fight's going to be a lot different. You have a guy in Sean Porter who is a Hulk. He is big. He is rough. He likes to fight dirty. He doesn't care if he headbutts you. He doesn't care if he hits you when the ref's not looking. It's not, you know, he he is gritty. He is uh, the quintessential rough-and-tumble guy. And Sean Porter just got done with a fight against Mikey Garcia, who against a guy who was smaller, a guy he got to do everything and dictate all the terms to physically. Um, so he's going to have some challenges to get used to. I still think he's going to wax the floor with Sean Porter. I do. I still think he's going to go in there and he's going to beat him because I just think you see a guy who's at a different level. I think Sean Porter's kind of had his level. He's had his time to show he's the best welterweight in the world, and I think that we know he's not quite that. He's not. He is very good. He is one of the best, but I think Errol Spence is, in the argument right now, is the best. And I think if we took this argument from... January or December of 2018, January 2019. I don't know if he would have gotten that argument, but you think even with him beating the smaller guy, Mikey Garcia, so many people were, were impressed with the way he did it and how he came off and people caring about watching him that you can't help but say, all right, there's an argument here. There is an argument between him and Terrence Crawford. And I do think that the one thing that's going to hurt that answer from ever coming is In the difference between Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz, those are kind of the four horsemen, and there's no real legends where people can be leaned upon the heavyweight division. There's no, for example, there's no Manny Pacquiao for PBC to lean on and give to Errol Spence and say, hey, fight this guy, you're going to wipe the floor with him, and you're going to make more money. In the heavyweight division, there's there's nobody like that. They can't dust Holyfield out of retirement, or they can't they even even with all the the uh, with all the hints that he's dropped, you can't drop Klitschko out of retirement and say, "Hey, fight him." Let's forget about the whole Tyson Fury thing. No, like, what do you do? You have to hold off. It's dangerous, man. We've just seen it with Tyson Fury. You have to go and fight, uh, you know, uh, Otto Valen, who may cut you uh, across the eye, and 
you know, you, you may lose. It's big boy fighting. And, you know, poor Deontay Wilder's got to go. He's got to go uh, rematch Luis Ortiz to have a, 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 a boxer office worthy fight. And Luis Ortiz was beating him that entire fight. So there's a little bit of a difference with the heavyweight division in that there. I, I truly feel there's a necessity for those guys to fight each other to make the most money. I do think there's an argument with PBC. I do think there's there's some time for them to draw out this uh, this Errol Spence Terrence Crawford thing, and especially really get Terrence to bend on this stuff where he's sitting there with his WBO championship, and fewer and fewer people are going to care about him because Top Rank just can't come with the guns to give him a box office worthy fight. They lost Pacquiao. They don't have that card to play anymore. Now that Pacquiao's playing on this side of the playground, Errol Spence is always going to have that to go to because, you know, Manny's still going to want to fight. He just looked amazing against Keith Thurman. Um, I And I think if they throw enough money his way, he's going to do the fight, and it's going to do monster, monster numbers. It just is. So we're at this point right now where I think Errol Spence is going to come out of this, and he's going to come out of it a winner. But I unfortunately don't think we're going to be any closer after this night to getting him against and Terrence Crawford in a ring and figuring out who the best 147 fighter on the planet is. And that's unfortunate because that that's ultimately what we want to know. We don't want to see these guys fight other guys. We want to see these guys fight each other. And I feel like with, with, with Errol, I feel like there's just more options to elongate that process than there are in the heavyweight division. I feel like the heavyweight division just dragged this out quite frankly, longer than they, they've even I, even than I thought possible because I can't even believe some of the dudes they've just pulled out of thin air just to make fights happen. But the fact that we're now at this point where PBC is always going to have that Pacquiao card to Trump having to fight Terrence Crawford. And the problem with that Terrence is going to face is if Errol goes out there and he beats Manny Pacquiao, that's almost going to be looked upon as a bigger deal than anything else that Terrence Crawford can throw out there, even if it's, you know, fighting a more worthy contender. It just is. So it's a tough spot that Terrence Crawford's in right now. I really do feel like as a guy who may be the best 147 fighter on the planet, the best welterweight on the planet, I do feel like he's at a a disadvantage to get people to care about him because of the options at his disposal, the immediate options at his disposal. I mean, in reality, these guys could make the fight if they wanted to. I mean, they could go and they could cross-promote, but it's a, we know how it is. It's always a pain in the ass. They're always going to find the easier route. But um, I think Errol Spence is going to win this fight. I really do. It's, uh, it's, really, it's, it's really going to be, um, I think, another good showing for him. But I do think it's going to take some adjustment. I, think, I, th- I could see this being an ugly three rounds um, before Errol really hits the switch and starts dictating – the, the, the fight, the range, all that stuff involved, um, and then cruising in his way to a decision win. Um, maybe stopping him late, but Sean Porter's tough. He's, t- he's, a tough. he's a tough guy to put away. So I don't really foresee this fight ending before it goes to the judges. So that's what we got coming up next week. Appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate everybody tuning in uh, to today's show. I'm trying to see if I missed anything as far as news, notes is concerned. Oh, next week we have uh, UFC. We have Jack Romanson versus Jared Cannonier. Fun fight. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't get introduced to Jack Romanson until I saw his one fight before he came down here. Uh, he was a late main event replacement against Jacare Souza 
for the BB&T Center, the fight that was down here in Fort Lauderdale. Man, I was impressed by that dude. He is really, really good. Uh, but also a fan of, of Jared Cannonier. This is a fun fight between these two. Also, you got in this fight Gunnar Nelson against Gilbert Burns. Um, that's that is a, that's a hell of a submission. <coughs> that's a hell of a grappling match between those guys. Those guys have some serious skills to bring to the table. Uh, I'm going to go with Gilbert Burns to get the best of Gunnar Nelson. And I'm going to go with the... That's a tough main event to pick. I'm going kill a gorilla upset. Even I think he's going into hostile territory and he gets the upset over the Joker. But the Joker is scary, man. If he wins this fight, um, I definitely think I think there's going to be some noise brought about where he falls into that whole discussion of the division because we got ourselves a big one coming up in a couple weeks. So um, this is uh, this is for sure an interesting one for for middleweight for middleweight claims and where he's at right now. But his uh, his win in April was super super impressive. He put work on Jacare. All right, everybody have a great rest of your Sunday. Again, come out to Sports Grill, Kendall, 1 o'clock. We'll be there watching some football, giving away a big-ass TV, other prizes. As we found out, there is a Plinko game that we have there now with Robbie's face on it. That I'm excited to see. Uh, so come on out, Sports Grill, Kendall. I'll be there 1 o'clock uh, for the 1 o'clock slate football games. Watch the little Dolphins-Cowboys with me. Uh, we'll have some fun. Uh, I'll do the Macho Man voice if you want. or I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a piano bar for hire, whatever you guys need. Uh, have a great rest of your Sunday, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow morning. I'll be back with Leroy, Robbie, and Beast, 6 to 10 a.m. Everybody, enjoy the games.